0: I think you know due to resources being more limited in in Africa and South Africa, we when building a business year and i've I've done a few of those, you have to be much more pragmatic, much more frugal, tenacious, and and be willing to work really hard. you know so so your goal must be such that you really want to to achieve that.
1: Welcome to Startup Health Now, the podcast where we celebrate the entrepreneurs and innovators who are transforming health. I'm your host, Logan Plaster. One of my favorite things about our startup health community of nearly 500 companies and upwards of 1,000 entrepreneurs is just how global it is. It is so easy to get caught up in your local challenges and your standard ways of doing business and forget that there is this global village of entrepreneurs many of whom are thinking in wonderfully different and creative ways about the same challenges you're facing we need each other and we need to build strong lines of communication one way that we see cross-border innovation is when a startup attempts to break into a new global market today on the podcast we're bringing you one such story a snapshot of a startup working to expand from South Africa to the United States. The conversation is with Herman Lindfeldt and Michael Fox, the founders of Augmental Technologies, a company providing digital coaching and content that supports families with children who have ADHD, autism, Tourette's, and other neurodivergent conditions. I wanted to learn some of the practical ways they're adapting to a new market environment Like, are they setting up a physical office in the States or going all virtual? How are they handling marketing and branding? But I also wanted to hear what they're bringing with them that's unique to South African entrepreneurs. We need a diversity of perspectives, different styles of ingenuity, in order to break out of the intractable problems that we experience in health globally. In our chat, they offered us a slice of life of a startup in the throes of international expansion, and share a number of helpful nuggets of wisdom that'll be useful to entrepreneurs in any stage of growth. Stick around. So a big reason why we're having this conversation is because you've developed this app and this platform in South Africa. You have a distributed global team, you're a global company, uh, but you have your eyes set on expanding into the United States. And this is a common theme for a lot of the companies that we work with, We've invested, Startup Health has invested in 440 companies from 29 countries, and often there's this desire to expand into a larger market, whether that's parts of Western Europe, whether that's the United States. And so we want to talk through some of the strategies and the thought process behind expanding a product, specifically for this episode, into the the United States. So take me to the initial thought process, uh, the considerations that you went through to decide, you know what? um sort of owning the south african market is is not the end point for us we need to go we need to go bigger yep i, I think to to jump in
2: there i think that the connecting dna i think between myself and adamant is really like using technology to solve you know meaningful problems and if you start from that point point at all important and important problem that's where you neurodivergence know, really became and a very interesting space for us to look at and we quickly came to realize Logan, that the problem that initially starting to try and address in South africa is a global problem it's a problem that's that's not only in the developing world but also the developed world and um and then i think we're you know, thinking tactically about addressing you know this major need we started looking at different regions and different countries where you know, which where we would want to start focusing and i mean if i think of some of the prime Unreal variables that we looked at as in designing the U.S. market. It was based on need and prevalence. I mean, the U.S. has by far the the highest prevalence of neurodegenerative conditions in learning the health system in the world. <laughs> so, it's that, that was the first major factor for us in terms of deciding where we focus. I think the the second one, which especially if you're a company that's focused on coaching and content, you know, these video guides, language is a phenomenally important thing and cultural similarities, especially when it comes to nuanced topics like mental health and neurodivergence. Um, and even, even though we're at the tip of, tip of Africa, it's actually surprising to realize how similar our, our cultures are actually between us and some of the major, you know, developed English, um, you know, societies in, in, globally. And well, for, I mean, if you look at prime, the, some of the primary reasons, those were definitely uh, they quickly pointed
0: us towards the U.S. as a point of focus. A little-known secret, we, we first very heavily investigated the EU um, as, mm-hmm. as a potential next step after South Africa. South Africa is a very good market to innovate in and to experiment in. We we have some of the most innovative health insurance um, organizations and products, for example, um, but it's not enough of a market to, to really have such a niche focused product for so that's that's why we realize we, we need to go global we look at the EU and and like Michael mentioned language it's and the prevalence just uh after some experiments there we just realized now let's the, the US
1: makes a lot more sense from that point of view. Can you give me an example of what you mean by a really innovative insurance company in South Africa? Um, well, one
0: of the known ones is a, is a company called uh, Discovery. Our health insurance is called medical aid here. It works, it's medical aid funds. It works a bit differently, but I have like a, a loyalty, a reward system that was world leading and, and is currently marketed in a global company called Vitality in the US, uh, more as underneath uh, benefit organizations and employers. Um, And that's really like world leading product that they have there that that was
1: developed here. So that's one one example. Got it. All right, let's get tactical. Um, I I want other folks who are listening to this who are maybe in a similar position, but earlier in their journey, or who are thinking about expansion um, to get some sort of pearls of wisdom here. So how did you go about just sort of make, taking your first steps towards expanding into the US? You know, ways in which you gathered uh, data, ways in which you sort of tested markets, et cetera?
2: Yeah, um, what's interesting is we, we very quickly realized, well, I think there are two parts to it. Um, on the first hand, we even when we start, initially launched our MVP product, we started seeing, seeing quite a, a, a base of parents from the US finding us on, uh, and, and actually starting to engage with, with our product. Um, actually quite disproportionate to where we were focusing our actual, you know, marketing oh. effort. Hmm. Yeah. So that, that was, that, that was the first sort of point then. and how we initially met about it, especially pre MVP, uh, phase was really to try and partner with clinicians at that point in time, right? This is like many years ago, <laughs> think about it now. We started running small pilots with clinicians, um, where they, those clinicians you know typically had a, a client base of families of you know experience in particular of neurodivergent you know children and um and we started working with them to see okay well you know how applicable is this in your space from both the clinical lens but also getting direct feedback with a, a few handfuls of their client base and you know typically what one of myself really like to do is you know get customer or client feedback and the feedback was resemble exactly what we saw in other regions as well so that was kind of a first um sort of validation that from a better health system perspective and an apparent view we saw some positive
1: uh traction there yeah okay so you started with direct feedback from from clients and yeah. providers in the us so and then you moved into some sort of marketing so what would you do
2: yeah the the next the next principle and i think this is this is powerful irrespective to which region you're trying to expand to, but it's the principle of trying to really knowing where your, you know, target user or target client or the customer, you know, finds trusted information, especially uh, trusted information about a particular solution and, and, obviously in our space, it's, it's quite focused on each company and each, you know, business owner or individual listening to this will have their own lens. And then we quickly came to realize that, um, you know, if we look at the parents that, that we serve. It's, it's a, it's a complicated space to find trusted information within your divergence. And, uh, we actually took a long, long view to this and started building relationships with influencers within their domain in the specific region. Hmm. So that was quite a process to try and identify those
1: individuals. Um, but how really you do, all... How did you do it? How did you identify the right influencers? Great question. Um so
2: we it was a combination of we were very fortunate we expanded our team with we um, did a little press release about it with me as well uh, about with um with two clinicians to our team who are quite influential individuals around the world in the in in our field. And um and, and some of them had existing relationships with individuals, with influencers, um through their different ventures because of their clinical influence. But on a technical level, we really looked at if you want to get down to the nuts and bolts at, well, because it's critical for your business, if you identify influencers, you have to make sure that the individual, what they share, what they stand for, their core values, resonate with your business and the mission that you as a job. As you can, that's pretty easily missed, more easily than you think. The second part was very tactical. Again, looking at their actual influence, and this is, yeah. Looking at uh, things like you know the amount of followers, looking at the type of content that they share, and making sure that that match is appropriate. And then we literally, as uh, either reach out to the individuals via you know social media or email, and and start having conversations about you know our aligned visions. And typically, and uh, the approach we take is more long term. So it's not a, a a quick campaign and then it's done. We really try and and work with these individuals to actually learn what they've learned. Because our ultimate our mission is the same. Their whole premise of what they're doing is really, and in our case, you know, it's typically parents who've walked the walk, experienced with children that are diagnosed with autism, as an example, and and they share their experiences, and we really try and, and we work with them because you know our mission is the same line. For them to support us is really to support the community as well. So to try and find those real connections,
1: yeah. um, I think is quite important. Yeah. And you feel like that worked for you that strategy you feel like has been successful so far so before. far it's
2: cool yeah yeah like it's so so far yeah
1: we
0: I, I, something that michael did glance over we, before we we started working more with influencers we we did try do some social media campaigns directly with with a with a limited budget but still um you know uh, social media advertisements and posts and that we we still do that to form a good um, baseline of content now much more content focus less marketing but earlier it was marketing and that just didn't work because mm-hmm. we're not a trusted brand yet so so who are who are we to say this thing will work the parents aren't going to listen to us um so so that that was a big early learning and that that we that we realized now we Yeah, we we can't do that directly. We have to work via people already trusted and get those referrals and testimonials. And and so we're working very hard on those relationships with with every parent and and now the adults, uh, when when they can start joining the platform,
1: building it with each of them as well. So that's quite important to us. Got it, so very strong organic approach. Every time you get a, a family, a user, they're basically like a node that becomes the best type mm. of word of mouth advertising i'm guessing no. and no. they've got they've got their community their people and if you can get that node to turn into a community then it's spreading like wildfire so we've talked about direct feedback from clients and providers influencers content marketing um any other major steps that you've taken thinking about this expansion well, look, maybe a admin step
0: we did incorporate in the US. So, so we have a USI company. It just makes the the paperwork and contracts those things much much easier. Mm.
1: Uh, so that's a, a boring little details. Well, <laughs> yes, bore. Yeah, boring. But I mean, this is a podcast for entrepreneurs and startups, and, and those are the kinds of things that they think about. Was that mm. um was that challenging? Any words of advice about how to make that go smoothly?
0: Well, we, it was actually quite easy.
1: We, we I'm not sure how, how many names
0: of other platforms we, we can we can name, but you can cut it out if, we, if we're not allowed to, but we worked via Stripe Atlas um, and they make it quite easy to incorporate, set up bank account, ensure all the, the shareholding documents and those things are, are correct. So it was actually quite an easy process and not expensive. So, so to get that first version of your company out uh, was quite seamless and and very fast and then obviously as you grow you can start
1: tooling in what either, either other services and lawyers you need mm-hmm. what's your philosophy on having uh boots on the ground having people in the united states or how often you should travel you know and be be there in the market yourself
0: well i think there's at least two big conferences hlth mm-hmm. and vibe that you must have boots on the ground that's <laughs> right um we, I, I think, from what we've been doing on the B two C side, that's easier to do remotely. Yes, it's challenging, and we're still figuring things out. But but we're getting there. But we are at some point gonna shift gear to the B two B side, uh, building relationships with uh, employers and later on health insurers. And for that, I believe we need boots on the ground. We need people to do to build it ourselves actually do that relationship building, that business development in the U.S. on the ground. So I think then that becomes very important for us.
1: Uh, how often do the two of you make the trip? I know it's not an insignificant, uh, tr- <laughs> you know, bit of travel. Um,
0: While we do both have USA business visas, but due to COVID, we have not made this trip for Augmental yet, actually. We've, okay. we've been managing everything remotely um but we're planning uh, now quite quite a bit of a trip in
1: march there, there you go um well that's an encouragement to a company that wants to expand into a new region and the power of a virtual business and remote work that you can begin that process uh before you even come um talk to me about kind of milestones um have you had moments that you felt like were real breakthrough moments in this um, expansion process, or is there a moment that you're that you're looking forward to this year?
0: Well, I think a recent uh, breakthrough moment, uh, speaking to, to what Michael mentioned, the influencers. We had uh, one influencer do a, a video uh, with uh, where we we were promoted, but was not the main aim. wasn't to market. And we had 400 sign-ups due to that within 24 hours. Wow! Um, To give you an idea, that's about a quarter of our new user base now. Wow! Um, So so that was a wow moment to really see the the power of of getting the right people to to buy into what we're trying to do and how we're doing it, because they they need to buy and they they're not gonna just tell the world about something they don't believe in. So that was quite well and and in general the last few months i think we we are really overawed or amazed by the people we meet on this journey and the passion for the space mm-hmm. so that that that's very special uh, special to us um this this year what really excites us is the growth opportunities we we feel we're now in a good position we, we're we growing the the user base we're starting to see that early growth in revenue because we've just read uh, released uh in December, our first a premium functionality subscription-based. Uh, uh, so we're starting to see that that edit tweaking, and we're building up to a to a bigger fundraise later this year. So so it's it's going to be an exciting growth
1: year, I think. That's awesome. You know, something we talk a lot about at Startup Health are the the mindsets of a health moonshot company uh, as compared to a transactional. Uh, a startup that is really just sort of thinking quarter by quarter, um, how do we maximize revenue profits, you know, shareholder value, uh, really thinking about these audacious goals of bringing better care to children globally, these massive global health goals. And one of the principles we always talk about is is collaboration and, and just the need for, you know, multiple companies to be rowing in the same direction. It's not all adversarial and competitive. Uh, the goal is these kids, right? The goal isn't just one company. So I'm curious um, how that plays into what you're doing because there's a lot of organizations, a lot of startups, a lot of companies thinking about uh, children with autism and children with um, neurodivergent conditions. Um, so how does col- the sense of collaboration play into your move into a new market?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's uh, it's central, absolutely central, mm-hmm to moving it to not only to another more market, but also to achieving the moonshots, as you mentioned, there. Right. um, so, and I think actually to your previous question, one of the, the big milestones, well, not milestones, but like a hard you know wild moments to me was when we, we started working with these organizations and people exactly through that collaboration side and these organizations or, or, or individuals, you know, are so well aligned, we see the same mission and um so no it's it's pivotal to to what we do and, and how we approach that i think it's it's very what we've what's, what's, what's been working well for us is taking a step back always and looking at your different partners to be like okay what are our core strengths and and what are yours and how can we combine which we're both about and sometimes what's interesting a lot of conversation we've been in what's on their website isn't what the founders would say <laughs> As they call straight, so so it's an interesting uh, few or experience that we've been through. But when when you, you know when the right collaboration happens, it's it, I think it's magic.
1: Yeah, you know? is there anything unique about the South African sensibility that you think you're bringing to the U.S. market? I really believe in this cross-border sharing of not just knowledge but of culture, um, and and just seeing, you know what. We can we can think about this a different way. Let's let's expand our minds and think globally. So, what are you bringing to the U.S. culturally with this product, Kevin? That's an interesting question. Um,
0: I I think you know due to resources being more limited in in Africa and South Africa, we when building a business here, and I've I've done a few of those, you have to be much more. Pragmatic, much more frugal, tenacious, and and be willing to work really hard. You know, so 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 your goal must be such that you really want to to achieve that. And and I think we 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 bring a bit of that over in that it isn't a an easy time for funding, and the neurodivergent space that we're focusing on. There's a lot of challenges. The healthcare system systems over the world, not just US, of course. There's massive challenges. So 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 it's it's not the easy space. Um and I think a bit of that 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 learnings that we've had, it's kind of part of, of the culture here, is to just to, you know, stick to it and and go on and move on and make plans to to go forward. And and last year was a was a difficult year in this regard but you know we, we 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 kept to our goals and 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 working on it and i think we we're going to see that through this year so i think that that kind of mindset
1: is is something that's coming from from our context awesome um in the last minute that we have uh i want to hear each of you give a piece of uh, a wisdom piece of advice to a startup that might be in a similar position thinking about expanding, not just to the US, but just kind of beyond their borders. Um, something maybe that you wish you had done or something that you did that really worked well. So Michael, why don't we start with you and then Airman you can close.
2: I think, I, I think, um, as a tip I'll just say, it, it's more of an approach is to really be very experimental and be willing to, to try small budget experiments and be, be willing to be wrong. Um, and then quickly. Um, and use that data to, to, to define what next and whether it's feasible or not. Herman.
0: Um, snap on the experiments, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, there's just saying, get out of the building. That's probably part of the, I think lean startup movement, but, but that idea of, uh, go out there, test whether you want, it's a product, uh, marketing, uh, pitch deck, whatever do it. Just, um, it's, it's uncomfortable at times, but th- do those things rather than wait until you have a perfect something. Um, and, and look for partners, collaborators. Um, uh, uh, ecosystem is much stronger than, than
1: going it alone. I love it. Gentlemen, thank you so much for the time this evening, South Africa time, um, morning, East Coast time. Glad we could connect this way and hear a bit about your journey. I'll be very excited to see how things move forward in 2023. So I wish you all the best. Thanks, Logan. We appreciate it. Take care. Be well.
0: Thanks for listening to Startup Health Now. Startup Health invests in health transformers around the world who are dedicated to achieving audacious health moonshots. If you want to learn how you can join this community of entrepreneurs, or if you want to connect with one of our 450 companies, go to StartupHealth.com. If you'd like to learn how you can invest in our Health Moonshot Impact Fund, go to healthmoonshots.com. Thanks for listening to Startup Health Now. We'll be back again with another episode next week.